talking last couple weeks on the gifts of the Spirit. And we've been in, last week we, we started in the gifts of the Spirit in Romans chapter 12. And we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And then we're going to look at the five ministry gifts in Ephesians 4. And tonight we're going to finish what, what I've entitled the foundational gifts. The gifts that I believe every person has in their life and that God made them with. Personality gifts, if you want to call them that. But God, God made us all a certain way. And, and how boring it would be if we all had the same gifts and talents and abilities and thought exactly the same way. How boring that would be. And, and really, it's a great thing that we all think differently. The deal is we just have to learn to understand each other, and we have to learn to flow with each other, and we have to learn to allow the parts to connect. And as the parts connect, and the pieces begin to fit together almost like a puzzle, then, then you begin to see the whole picture. But you can't see the picture of the church without all the parts. And the parts can't be who they are if, 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 if an elbow thinks it's a big toe, it's not going to operate right, you know? And, and if a big toe thinks it's an elbow, vice versa, or whatever, it's not going to operate right. And I believe that that's a lot of issue and a lot of problem with, with most people fulfilling their destiny is they don't really know what the calling and the purpose of and for their life is on, on a you know, what they've been put here for. And, and I believe it starts with understanding these foundation or personality gifts and how they operate and, and how we are to allow the ones that, that I believe are foundational for us to become really a part of us and then allow all the other gifts that, that make up those, these seven in Romans chapter 12 those other gifts that we can learn to operate in pieces and parts of those when, it, when it's needed. And uh, so I want to go through and just review a little bit what we talked about last week. And, um, and then I, I've got a couple of what I feel like some really good examples of, um, of the, the last three foundational gifts. Well, we, we ended with, um, with exhortation. And, but I didn't finish that. So we've got exhortation and giving and leading and mercy that we're going to finish with. But I just want to review just real quickly a little bit of what we talked about. And um, <clears throat> I talked about a gift being something that is free, something that's been paid for. And if, and if bought right, will meet a need. If somebody, and I, and I made this point, if if, you, if you're buying a gift for somebody and you know what they like and you give them that gift, then you bought something for them that will meet a need in their life, something that they really desire. Um, I had a, you, you, you don't know the couple, so it doesn't matter, but I had a couple in my office years ago when we first came here. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm laughing because it's funny because it's, it's, it's man-like what I'm fixing to say. And uh, 
<laughs> this couple were talking to me across the desk, and, and <laughs> he, was, he was saying, you know, I mean, man, I do this for her, and I do this, and I bought her a great birthday gift, and she stopped. She goes, yeah, let's talk about that ridiculous birthday gift. <laughs> and and, and, I, and I'm just sitting there, and, and she goes, and she, she pulls her purse over, and she pulls out this watch. And literally, the watch kind of looked like the one I have on right now. And he said, that's a really expensive watch. It's a really cool watch. And I said, but is that what she wants? He said, well, I don't, I don't know, but it looks good. You know, it's expensive. It's a nice watch. But he didn't find out whether that's really what she wanted or not. So even though it was a nice, expensive watch, it meant nothing to her because there was no meaning behind it because actually it was something that he liked and he never took the time to find out what she liked. So it was a gift that wasn't thought about and it wasn't prepared in such a way that it met a need. I'm telling you, God thought about you. He had a plan for your life before you were even thought about. And he thought about you, and he fit you just perfect with the way he wanted things to happen in your life. And, and the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you have in your life, and with most of us, some of the things that we're talking about here are hidden gifts and talents and abilities that we don't even know what they are. And God wants you to begin to understand what they are so that you can fulfill what he had purposed and planned for your life. Amen? I said there's three things that, you have that are needed to know your gifts. Number one, renew your mind. Number two, you have to understand humility. And number three, you have to use the gifts. You can't just talk about them and just know what they are. You've got to do something with them. <clears throat> three things needed that you need to know for those gifts to operate in your life. You have to renew your mind. Because what will happen when you renew your mind is that you'll prove what those things are because you'll find out and then you'll fulfill them. You'll walk in them and, and, and you'll see them develop and, and cause your life to be fulfilled. You know, I, I'm convinced, I'm convinced of this, that money will not make you happy. You, you, can, you can have a certain vocation that's making you money hand over fist, and you can be one of the most miserable people on the planet. Why? Because money wasn't ever intended, or possessions were never intended to be your God. God was intended to be your God. And what God, what He wants and what He wants to develop in your life is an understanding of what he put you here for and what he put you here to fulfill. And when you find out what that is, and you find out what your foundational gifts are, and you begin to tap those and develop them and walk them out, a fulfillment happens on the inside of you that not money, not people, not anything can bring to your life. Otherwise, we can have things, we can have friends, we can have relationships, we can be married, we can this, that, and the other. But if, you're not, if you don't know who you are and how God made you, there's a void on the inside of you, and you live with that void. Today, in my own life, 
Everything's not perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. Nothing's just exactly right. But there, there is such a fulfillment in the middle of me, inside of me. And, and, and there's been seasons in the last 37 years of my born-again life, there's been seasons when there was maybe lack in a certain area or there I was battling with something or maybe battling stuff in my head or I had family issues or I had stuff from the past or th- things that you deal with. But, but I can tell you, in the last 20, 25 years of my life, there has been a fulfillment because I'm walking out what I know God created me to do. And I've learned some things about these foundational gifts that have brought a fulfillment to me, even at times when everything else is not right. But yet when I lay down at night, you can ask my wife, I lay down at night and I don't have trouble going to sleep. Because I'm at peace. Didn't mean that there weren't issues in the day and there wasn't stuff or whatever. There's different. There's a difference. There's a difference in, in in things being stirred up in the natural and having peace on the inside. And what I'm trying to say to you is, as you understand who you are and how God made and created you, you you can embrace those things. And and then so much stuff leaves you. You don't. You're not. You're not trying to do something you're not trying to perform in life you're not trying to please people not that you're trying to make people mad you're just not your life isn't just about you know oh my gosh they're upset oh what am I going to do no because you're at peace with yourself and who you are see and there's something really unique about that that we have to we have to be aware of and we have to constantly be developing now I said enough of that so let me just go over the gifts that we talked about. We talked about prophecy <clears throat> and that prophecy is inspired speaking, not just in church but in other areas. And you may, you may be called to train people in different areas of life. And, 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 and so prophecy is, is one of those gifts. We talk, I'm not going to go into all the details like we did last week. The, the second one was ministry or practical service or being a helper serving others and when you're and I mentioned this last week when your foundational gift is is helping what a helper does is help right and when that's one of your foundational gifts that doesn't mean that's all you do in life is just help others but it's something that you're good at and it's something that brings fulfillment in your life and you know it you like helping others and, and what happens is when you, when you become comfortable with that, then you don't feel less when you're helping someone that's doing something that appears to be better than what you're doing. See, prophecy or inspired or public speaking, somebody that's standing up behind this pulpit, this may look like that this is more important and a bigger deal than when David brought and put this little up here and put the water on top of it tonight he brought that up here and he set this here who he whoever did whoever brought this up there I, I just saw him because I shook his hand and it may look like that this is more important and a bigger deal than doing something like this but when 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 you have when you have an attitude and a heart to help 
And to do something like that, and, and you get excited about that, okay? Even if, even if, I know David there is a business owner. He owns his own business. And I'm sure does very well at his business, okay? There are many times that people might think, well, if I'm carrying this table up here and I'm helping like that, what are people going to think because I'm, I'm, I'm somebody else. I own a business or I'm this. I'm not saying David feels this way. I'm saying that these kind of things can happen. Listen, that's just natural stuff. You know, you, get, you have thoughts and, and, and stuff like that, and, and we think, well, you know, okay, so, so what's the benefit of me helping? If God put in you to be a helper, then the ability to help is there, and you can get so many things done that it may take five other people to do if you can embrace that. That doesn't mean that's all you'll do, but it's a foundational gift that, that is a part of you that God wants you to excel in because, listen, if you've ever noticed a person that, is, that has a foundational gift of helping, I'm not just talking about just volunteering to do something. Then, I, then that means I'm a helper. Well, you helped. That doesn't mean that you have that motivational and foundational gift of helping. But if you ever watch somebody that, that has that spirit about them, I mean, they just they contaminate everybody around them with wanting to do something. You ever notice somebody like that? And all of a sudden, you feel like you're doing nothing. i gotta, I got to do something, man. This person's making me feel like I'm sitting around like an idiot, you know, and doing nothing. Because it's in them. There's no complaining in them. They're, they're, they're not talking, you know, they're, they're, they're doing one little thing and then talking and complaining about the fact that they have to do it, you know. There's none of those kind of things going on because they're doing it out of the inside of them and, and they're fulfilling that. So this ministry or helper anointing is something that that God created certain people to have that's stronger than other people have. Years ago when I was in one of the churches that I was in, um, the pastor stood up behind the pulpit and he said, uh, we need volunteers for the nursery. And I was just sitting there minding my own business. You know, I was probably 22, 23 years old and, you know, there was a couple hands went up, and I'm thinking, man, why aren't they, what's the deal with these people? Why are people volunteering to help with the nursery? And, and, and inside of me, I heard this voice say, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, that's not my gift. I mean, you know, my gosh, I, I can't do that. I mean, I'm thinking these thoughts in my head. And, uh, you know, after about five minutes of reasoning that out, you know, I just raised my hand and you know I did the nursery for a while or helped out in the nursery with all those little kids and uh, I didn't like it but I did it and I probably had a little bit of complaining attitude as I was doing it but I did it and I kept doing it until my time was done and thank God my time was over you know and then I was done you know, and I, I knew I could be done because I knew that wasn't my real foundational motivational gift, okay? And you think, well, 
I don't think that that would be anybody's motivational, foundational gift if they thought they had to do the nursery. But that's not true. There's people that like doing those kind of things. And they ha- it's inside of them, and you have to be aware that that's you, and you have to embrace that. Okay, enough of that. I could go on and on and on. The other one was teaching, and we, we talked all about that. And then the fourth one that we came to was exhorting. <clears throat> and I define that as something, you know, encouraging or guiding or bringing comfort to people. An encourager always sees the glass half full, never half empty, you know. Not the negative Nancy, you know, thing, constantly speaking negative things, but always speaking positive. You know, you can walk in a room when there's an exhorter there, and I mean that the building can be falling down and they're finding something good about the building, you know. It can be caving in and people are like, you know, well, at least I didn't get hit, you know, or whatever. I mean, you know, they got some positive thing that they're saying out of their mouth. They're just always positive like that. You know what? People need people to exhort. See, if we just had everybody as exhorters, we'd be in constant denial of stuff, Right? And, and, and exhorters can almost get to the point where they're lying about things, you know? But we need people to exhort. And if you're an exhorter, what does an exhorter do? Exhort. Hmm? Brings comfort. Brings peace. Encourages people. Helping people come out of certain things. And, and I'm telling you tonight, there's more of you sitting in here tonight that are encouragers, that one of your motivation or foundational gifts are encouragement, to bring encouragement to people than what you think. And sometimes, sometimes, <clears throat> and as, as what I was praying earlier is that as I spoke on these different gifts, that God would begin to show you, the Holy Spirit would begin to show you and speak to you things about yourself in relation to these foundational gifts. Because God doesn't, God doesn't want us living just some status quo life and 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 some of you some of you that in days past have been real complainers one of the reasons is because that gift of exhortation has not arisen in you and you're not practicing speaking good things and you need to do it um one of the things go to Go back to Romans 12, and I want to just read this verse. Verse 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Having gifts differing according to the grace that has been given to us, let us use those gifts. God has given us the Holy Ghost to live inside of us, to reveal to us and show us things about ourselves that in the natural it would be easy to just lay dormant. And the next gift that I'm going to talk a little bit about, I'm going to skip in, in the Bible, they use the giving gift, but I'm going to skip that, and, and I'm going to talk about the leading gift first, and then we'll, then we'll look at the giving gift. But there's several things about this that are important for you to see. To, to be 
to have a, a, a foundational gift of leading, it, it's someone that is put in charge and that they have leadership ability. They lead by example. They're not manipulators. A true leader doesn't have to manipulate to get something done. They lead by example. And, and, a, and a true leader understands the other parts and knows how to work with other parts, a true leader. Instead of just, instead of just commanding everybody to do what they want done, you know, yelling, screaming, talking hard, getting frustrated all the time, many times, many times what happens is people, let's say in the business world and even the church world, you'll take, people will take a gift like an, egg, an exhorting gift and put that people in a leadership role. Put that person in a leadership role. And what happens is they're not leading and training people how to be, how to be led. They're just demanding things. Or they're, you know, they're, they're almost in denial of, of stuff that is not done right. So a lot of times people want to blame the person for not following but with me, I gotta, I've got to look back at myself as a leader and say, am I training people to follow? And a true leader will do that. Now, I, I want you to look at Daniel chapter 6. And verse 1. I don't have time tonight to get into this whole story, but, I, but if you don't know Daniel of the Bible, it would be good for you to read it and, and, and read about him. It pleased Darius, verse 1, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel, this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps. He distinguished himself. God didn't distinguish him. He distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because, because, this is why, because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, there's a couple things about this. He had, he had an excellent spirit. And so the word that they use here is he distinguished himself. He saw himself as one that was better at. If you, if you break this down, you look at different translations... Daniel knew that he could do the job that was set before him better than everybody else. And one, one Bible translation says he believed he was ten times smarter, had ten times more ability, and could accomplish ten times more than anybody else in, in the world that he lived in. But he distinguished himself. But, but watch this. It's because he had, he had, the scripture says, an excellent spirit. 
hear what it didn't say. It didn't say he had an excellent mind. And it didn't say that he had an excellent body. And it didn't say that he had excellent talents. It said he had an excellent spirit. And anybody that can go in a den with man-eating lions and come out alive, and anybody that can be done the things that were done to him, done to him, and come out on top, it's because his confidence was in God and his spirit was that of excellence. True leaders have excellent spirits. And when you are connected to God and, and your spirit man is developed, then you'll have an excellent mind, you'll have an excellent body, you'll have, you'll have excellent, excellent thoughts, you'll, you'll develop excellent abilities, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be creative, you'll have ideas. You know, all these different things will begin to surface. And what will happen is you'll be ten times smarter and a ten times better leader than anybody around you if you distinguish yourself as that. The Bible didn't say that God said he was that way. He said he was that way. And why? Because of the excellence of his spirit. I'm telling you today, in the world that we live in, in the world and the society we live in, the world is looking for people to lead. People are looking for people to rise up and be the leaders that they were created to be. And I'm going to tell you this tonight. There's more of you sitting here tonight that are leaders than you think. When, this year, my wife and I will be have been married in August 35 years. We've been in Kerrville pastoring this church for 25 years. We've been married for 35 years, and I'm 55, so it's, I got some fives. And in the years that I've been born again, when I, when I met my wife and I got married, there was no leadership ability in me because, I mean, there was no leadership. I, I, I didn't distinguish myself as a leader because of fear, because of things in my past. And when I got born again, something happened, and shortly into my born-again life, we were, we, were in a, we were in a meeting, and a man that I'd never met before called me out, and he began to tell me and prophesy to me, that God had called me to lead. I was about maybe three years old. I'd been born again for about three years. And this guy prophesied to me that I was called to lead. And I remember leaving there that night thinking, man, he got the wrong dude. Because I had never distinguished myself as a leader because of where I came from. People told me that I wasn't a leader. I'm not necessarily saying my parents said those kind of things to me, but people did. You know, when the, enemy's, when the enemy wants to make sure you don't fulfill the purpose and plan for your life, he makes sure that key people come around you, well-meaning people, that will tell you, you can't do that. It's never been done before. You're, you're not good at that. You'll never be something like that. You'll never be this, that, or the other when that's what you're called to do. 
And I'm telling you tonight that there's more of you sitting in here that are leaders than you think. And leadership is something that is developed from the inside. That you begin to hear what I'm telling you tonight. Not just everything that I'm telling you. Not that I'm, because I'm not giving you a lot of instruction about leadership but finding certain tools and information that, that begin to develop that thing that's on the inside of you. And when you develop your connection with God and you have an excellent spirit, then all the other things begin to line up. Can you say amen? amen. And they will line up. It's an amazing thing. Ephesians 3.20 says this. But to him who is able to do exceeding, exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you, that excellent spirit, according to the development of that excellent spirit. When your spirit man is developed, everything else lines up. Amen? Everything, all and what will happen is, when, when you, if, you're, if one of your foundational gifts, you can have more than one. You can have one or two or even three that, that are predominantly foundational gifts of yours. But when you find those and you begin to tap them, all the other gifts begin to be things that you can use. You can, you can be a leader and have mercy. That doesn't mean that you have this mercy gift. It's not necessarily a foundational thing in you. You can, a, a, a person that has a prophecy foundational gift usually never has a mercy gift because you got to have both. You got to have people that are direct and speak things and, and have more of a firm and a, and, and a more of a, a stern personality with things versus somebody that has a mercy gift that is forgiving and, and, and has passion and compassion and, and, and finding the mix of that within a body of believers and those, those pieces and those parts connecting is what we need to make the body of Jesus Christ, the church, the house of God strong for people that come in. Because some people need mercy and some people need to be kicked in the tush. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a right way. Some people need to be encouraged, but some people need a little discipline and need to be worked on and developed in a certain area. But, it, but, but that's what the church is about. And God put us here, but he put us here together. Jesus operated in all seven of these gifts, but not us. And n nobody, nobody in here operates in all seven of them because we need each other. But when you put the parts together and the gifts, and not just gifts that we think we are, yeah, yeah, you know, no, no, but gifts that we've distinguished ourselves as. I, I, I've distinguished myself as a leader. I, I've distinguished myself as an exhorter. I know that. I'm an exhorter. And there, there are seasons when I got tired of exhorting, and when you get tired of doing the thing God created you to do, things don't work well for you. I'm just going to be a mean person. I'm going to be mad at people. No, that won't work. See? Yeah, it, well, uh, or, or you can be on one side and then say, well, you know, I'm just going to forgive everybody because you're tired of, of operating in that, that prophecy gift of kind of holding people accountable. Well, I'll just forgive them all. Just let everybody do whatever they want to do. 
No, not, not if that's not your gift. Do you, are you reading me? You're hearing what I'm saying. It's, it's vital that we find our gifts so that we complement each other. See, my, my, one of my wife's foundational gifts is prophecy. And, and one of mine is exhorting. <clears throat> and, and I've even developed the, the mercy gift in, inside of me. And so, and, and in her being that prophecy gift, she's developed some of that mercy gift through the years herself. But the two of us, when we get together, uh, we don't think the same. No, we, 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 don't, we don't think alike. But, but it's amazing that when, <clears throat> when we can be okay with that, and we can be calm about it, and we can have conversation like big boys and girls, you know, and get through the conversation, it's amazing what can be accomplished out of that. See, because now I've realized, I've realized today what she operates in, and, and she's not going to think like me. And as I hear things that she's saying, and I glean from that, man, it makes me better, and vice versa. See? That way, we, 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 you know, years ago, we quit battling with each other, trying to get each other to, you know, under, you know, under, you know, believe what I did, believe like me and see exactly the way I see it. And, you know, and, and we would war for that, literally. Be wars. But it doesn't work. I'm not saying you can't have disagreements, because everybody has disagreements, but you got to get through the disagreements to find the truth in all of it. Amen? So, giving, to contribute, to give aid to people, to pour and distress people, but by faith, trusting God, not worried about where more is coming from. There's a gift of giving. There is a gift of a giver that is not tied to anything else in the natural. Philippians chapter 4, I believe, touches on this in, in this way. Philippians 4 and verse 19. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not according to Wall Street, not according to the economy, not according to the banking system, not according to the natural realm whatsoever. See, these gifts operate by faith. In, in, in Romans 12, God said, I've given to each person the same measure of faith and develop faith in these gifts cause a person to be able to give and and honor and, and give to people not worried about themselves. And I'm not saying that any of us should worry, but other people are stronger and have foundational gift of giving that way when they're not concerned about anything else. All they can see is give. And, and, and you know, I've been around people like that, and it's like, in, in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, you know, they're just extreme. They're just overdoing it. They're, they're I mean, you know, they're giving, they're, they're giving too much or whatever. But, but literally, when you do something, no matter what it is you do, and we're talking about the gift of giving, when you have that gift about yourself, you can't outgive God. See, you don't want to give something that's not God 
but you can't outgive him. So if he's directing you to do things because your faith is there, and it doesn't matter what the economy looks like, and it doesn't matter what the natural looks like, and they can tell you it's the craziest thing in the world, and you need to protect yourself and make sure, and nothing wrong with savings and all those things and investments, all that's good. You understand? But a giver is it, 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 it almost seems to be a person that is doing it in the form of extreme, but when they're doing it by faith, there's no fear in what they're doing. And I haven't met a lot of people that have that foundational gift, or, no, that's the, well, I haven't met a lot where it's manifested, but again, I'll say, I think there's more people sitting in here tonight that have that foundational gift of giving than what you think. Again, it's stepping out of ourselves and stepping into things that God has called us to do. And I'm believing tonight at the sound of my voice that a number of you are being challenged in some of these areas and the Holy Spirit will lead you into that. You know, he said something tonight that really hit me. Something that I may have said that, that really grabbed your heart and said, you know, that's what you're called to do. That, that's one of your foundational gifts. And then the last one is mercy. And mercy is mercy. It just is mercy. You just have mercy. Mercy. You just have mercy, you know. I mean, when you shouldn't have mercy, you have mercy. And when, when it's like, you know, they deserve to be killed. You know, you just have mercy. And when, they, when it appears that it's this way or that, you just have mercy. I mean, it's just you can't see anything but mercy. And that's a, that's a foundational gift. And if we were all that way, everybody would get away with everything. So there's mercy gifts. There's leading gifts. There's giving gifts. There's ministry gifts. There's teaching gifts. There's prophecy gifts. And they're all foundational gifts that God created you and I to live and operate in. And I want to read this last verse in Luke chapter 7. And verse 28. Luke 7 and 28. <clears throat> For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. When you look at, I've studied a lot on Daniel's life that I just mentioned that one little piece about Daniel. You talk about a guy that, Daniel, that accomplished feats that, I, mean, I don't know that anybody on the planet has ever accomplished. And yet, God said, John the Baptist is greater than Daniel. Elijah did things that, you know, most human beings have never done. And yet God said that John the Baptist is greater than Elijah. King David, Abraham, all, the, all these different men of, of the Old Testament. And he said John the Baptist is greater than all those men. And yet he who is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. I saw a statistic not too long ago that in the last 2,000 plus years since Jesus left planet Earth, there's been somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half to 
3 billion Christians on planet earth in the last 2,000 plus years since Jesus left. Two and a half to three billion Christians in that time period leading up to today. And for some reason, if you deem yourself as the least of those two and a half to three billion, you're greater than John the Baptist. So I'm telling you that you can read about all of the people in the Old Testament. You can read about all of John the Baptist's great feats. But since Jesus and the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus accomplished for you and I since then, He has positioned us with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us so that our human spirit can be excellent. If we're created to operate in prophecy, if we're created in ministry or ministry of helps, if we're, we've been created to be teachers, that's a foundational, motivational gift in our life. If we're exhorters, if we're givers, if we're leaders, if we're mercy people, I'm telling you, We've been given everything that we need to have an excellent spirit at whatever we do. And you know what the kicker about the whole thing is tonight? That if you'll find out what some of those motivational, foundational gifts are in your life, if you'll find those out, you already have all the groundwork for that excellent spirit that Daniel developed. And no matter how great of what he did, somebody that was ten times better than everybody around him at everything that he did, you're greater than Daniel. You're greater than Elijah. You're greater than Abraham. You're greater than John the Baptist. What the scripture said. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of how great. But, but if I don't distinguish myself as that, See, God's already distinguished you as that. But if you don't distinguish yourself that way, at the end of the day, no matter what God has said about you, you're going to believe what you think. And I told you, one of the things you have to do for these gifts to operate is you have to renew your mind because it develops that excellent spirit that's already on the inside of you. It's just a win-win deal. All I have to do is choose to get up every morning and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to hear the voice of God and I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to hear the voice of God and I'm going to be a better leader than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> One day, I was, I was about a year, I'd been here for a year. And, <laughs> and this guy comes up to me and he said, he looks at me and he goes, you're the worst pastor I've ever seen in my life. And he walked off. You're the worst pastor I've ever seen. <laughs> I came home and told my wife that. And you know what she told me? 
you're not. <laughs> you're not the worst. And her telling me that bore witness with what I already knew. And I rose above that thing, and I followed what I knew was right. And it's never bothered me since. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And I've done stupid things. I've not been perfect. I mean, close, but, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I've done stupid things. But I'm telling you today, when you know what you're called to do and you know who you are in, in what God has put you on this planet and given you foundational gifts, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 starting next week, you're going to see when, when you understand these foundational gifts, then the other gifts of the Spirit, they begin to flow. See, why? Because you have deemed yourself that. You know. When you know from God that's what you're... I'm not talking about making something up. When you know from God that you're a leader, that you're a teacher, that you're a mercy person, that you're an exhorter, when you know that, then all these other gifts, they'll flow. Because the other gifts, the Scripture says, are as God wills them to you. And then, it's all over but the shouting. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for all that you've revealed to us and shown us and given to us. And tonight, we bless you. We thank you. You put us here for a purpose, with a plan, and we're here to fulfill it. And I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit in, inside of each one of these people that at the sound of my voice tonight, and that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. I, I believe that, Father. That's the way you created it. So I, I, I just, I release my faith on behalf of that, that every person has ears to hear and eyes that see and a heart that understands the things that you are revealing to them about their life and their motivation and their foundation so that they can be all you created them to be. And we give you all the praise tonight. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. amen. God bless you. Be extremely blessed all week.